Warning, this podcast typically features spoilers and strong opinions. Proceed with caution. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Then a Moment, the podcast where two lifelong storytellers talk about stories. I'm Pavi Prochko, resident audiobook narrator, writer, actor, singer, etc. And I'm Colin Funk, a childhood development expert uh, and teaching artist. And today we're going to be talking about the, the gay and wondrous life of, of Caleb, Caleb Gallo. Gallo. Yes, it's a mouthful. <laughs> it is a mouthful, and it is quite obscure. Yes, uh, it is a mini-series on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it, actually, because this is was kind of when in this podcast was like the nascent idea was about kind of bringing up these more niche uh, pieces, um, and especially ones that, you know, have... Um, display really interesting like storytelling tactics and work really well. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, I think this is a great example. It's yeah. a hidden gem. Very interesting. But first, yes, we'll do moments of the week. Let's do it. Um, my moment of the week, uh, we're watching the entirety of The Simpsons. Um, yes. Uh, now, uh, finally. Um, it's, it, we're studying. We're it's, studying, yeah, yeah. And uh, we love Futurama and it's just like more, we just miss it always. Uh, I do at least. And so yeah. we just it always felt so daunting, but we've actually dove in. Um, yeah. And um, I'm one, surprised how much I remember. Uh, and two, I love it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. It's actually very good. But my uh, moment of the week is when Ned Flanders... <laughs> As his freak out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yes. And yes, he starts, yes, yes. he's like, he loses his cool um, finally because he's like repressed all his anger. He starts like freaking out at everyone. And the tirade is brilliant. It's hilarious. I love it. It is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Is that it? That's it. You that's my moment. No, Great. that's my moment. He has awesome. this crazy tirade and it's very funny. Cool. Cool. Um, my moment. So... My company that I work for, Stage of Chicago, we we have done a lot of you know education for kids, but we had our first book musical, like we do musical theater education, but this is the first time we actually did a full book musical with the kids. And of course we do it in our own way where we are education first and we if we're teaching them, we're gonna give them each their own piece of the show. Yep. And, and and pieces of the show are split up by class and it's not just cast in a traditional way. So the 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 many classes got together and did Annie Jr. Mm -hmm. Um very cute. There was fifty-eight children in it. Oh my god. And the the characters kept changing who was who. So it was like it's this mostly controlled chaos. Yeah. Certainly some chaos, <laughs> but it was very cute. Um and I just thought it was just like very sweet to get to see so many kids shine in lots of different ways. Yeah. There was one, like one of the, there was a reprise of little girls and I swear the tiniest girl that, that we have in classes just like walks up after the scene and is like, seems very nervous. And then is like belting out about <laughs> going to the nut house with the nuts and the squirrels. Oh my God. It was like literally, 
applause every time. Oh There's my ever, gosh. So exciting. Um, just a couple moments in there like that. And there's the, a little sweet little solo for, um, I think it's the maybe reprise mm-hmm. at the end. Um, oh my gosh, it was so sweet. And then just like the, the, um, tomorrow <laughs> reprise, there was this one girl at the end who just like knew she was getting it. <laughs> and like, again, garnered applause. <laughs> oh, another, there was, oh my gosh, the kid who played Mr. Bundles, um, who we've, I've known him since he was like an infant baby. He's so cute. Um, but he's, oh my gosh, so cute. And he just like, some of these kids are just sassy and like, <laughs> playing Mr. Bundles and just like flirting up a storm and just like massive laughter. It just, it was very sweet. And I didn't, so I don't teach any of those classes. So I just got to help out on the day running the sound and mm-hmm. that's it. That's all I did. So I just got to sit back and watch and it was that's so sweet. cute. I just imagine like a room full of people singing tomorrow in Annie wigs. It's just <laughs> no wigs. Actually. No wigs. They Good. just didn't do. I mean, I can't imagine them switching wigs. Yeah. I love oh, a goodness. show that is like kid centric and full of kids. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's always something like really touching and heartfelt about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, like, it's, you know, it's pretty easy to get to like, yeah. to have us feel something. Mm-hmm. I mean, Annie, they, Matilda, like, like the, all those. It's just like, ah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, Matilda. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's, That's nice. Good. Yeah. Great. Well, let's get to it. Let's do it. Yeah, why don't you give us a little synopsis of this, uh, this little miniseries? Yes. The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo. Yes. Um, so Caleb Gallo, he's an actor in L.A., and he's looking for love of some kind. Sure, um, if you can call it love. If yeah. you can call it that. Uh, they toy with that, interestingly. Um, though he's uncertain about, um, you know, monogamy and most many of his relationships. He's kind of relationship traditional things. relationships. Yeah. He's a little uncertain about all of it. Um, but a recent romantic fling he's had, Benicio, um, is wants to make their long distance relationship official and mm. exclusive. Oh yes. So where this is where we're going yes, while they're long distance. So we get kicked into this story of Caleb and his kooky actor friends. Um, and Caleb agrees, uh, confident that he can commit. Um, but he ends up going too far with his a straight friend, uh, STR8, um, someone who he's had oh kind of this crush with, um, a crush on for a while. And when the opportunity presents himself, he hooks up with him. Um, and of course, that complicates things because Benicio announces that he's going to be visiting real soon. Um, so Benicio comes um, to spend time with them and they have all these hijinks and conflicts about their relationship. Um, But in the end, when um, Benicio is about to be deported because he's in the country illegally from the UK, uh, um, and he's about to be deported, uh, Caleb kind of has to, you know, confront those weaknesses and repair his relationships and lock it down in order to make him stay. So he ends up proposing and then he has to resolve all of these um, conflicts that he's kind of created in his life um, right? in order to keep the loves that he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, so it's a short mini series. Mm-hmm. It's five, five episodes. episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you know about it? Um, 
before seeing it the first time. Yeah. Um, which was a few years ago uh, yeah. we had watched it. So I, it came out in 2016. Yes. And yeah. I had seen a few. It's uh, Brian Jordan Alvarez mm -hmm. is the writer, creator. And he's done other sketches on YouTube. So I've seen yes, some of he his. He was also on the, the revival of Will and Grace. Yes. He he's was a, on the revival of Will Jack's, and Grace. Eventual husband yes. in that. Yes. Yeah. The flight attendant, the um, Latino flight attendant. Um, I've seen, I had seen some of his sketches. Oh yeah. Yeah, on YouTube, especially among like actor people, I mm -hmm. think actor people, is... gay people, it was like very like gay centric. Like there's a very yes. funny one where there's like, oh yes, very yes. unspoken gay language where it's like all the gays meet in the stairwell and they're all doing these weird looks and then they all end with brunch. Like they all had this like huge conversation, but it was yeah. no words. It's very no silly. Words. Like yeah, it's um, very funny. It's and uh, excellent. Uh, who can forget Emil? Um, it's well, his, it's the best that's another, sketch. I mean, like maybe we'll do, maybe a we'll have to do a whole episode on that one. Cause that one's so good. I don't think that one's as well known. No, I don't think so either, but it's the best one. I think it's amazing. Um, but so I'd seen that otherwise, uh, you had shown me one clip because one clip. you kept saying this one line, <laughs> which one was it? It's, I mean, it's still, you kept saying, um, Oh yes. I remember. Yes, yes. Yes. Sometimes things that are expensive are worse. Excellent. It's such a good line. line. And so you showed me the whole sequence and it's like one of the most brilliant sequences. Oh my, it's yes. It's, it, it, it's like, YouTube it's so good. gold. It is yeah. gold within the series. It mm -hmm. is it is storytelling gold. It's like, yeah, it's so good. This yeah. this clip and it we'll, is we'll so get, so we'll silly. Um, specify it. We will. We'll it, go through it. Um, I wonder if we'd be able to get a clip of it on the show. <laughs> uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe it's all on YouTube. Let's do it. Um, so we can we can get that in there because it's so good. Um, yeah, well, uh, Colton gave us a thumbs up. So if it doesn't yeah. get in there, we're blaming him. I'm blaming him. <laughs> um, so other than that, I didn't know anything about it. So then going mm -hmm. in, um, it was all of a complete surprise to me what this story was about. Um, what did you know? Did you know before? I mean, I had watched it before you. Yeah. I watched the whole, I mean, it's short. So it I had short. seen the whole thing. I, I found it, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I did like a rabbit hole of his videos because they're yeah. so funny. I mean, I loved... Emil doesn't realize he's being offensive as, as I believe what the yeah. other YouTube videos called. Um, but I came across the, the web series and I was so enamored so quickly. I'm a, so I, I think part of what it was is like, I got so sucked into that kind of brand of comedy. There's mm -hmm. like a whole group of them that have their own videos. And I feel like they, they've like developed this, brand of comedy and maybe maybe there's like groundlings maybe, yeah, maybe it's something and, like that because it is a really interesting style to it it's like clearly these like comedian improviser mm -hmm. um actors yeah that like all kind of have their own little web sketches and yeah. and series of their own and um so i had been kind of like obsessed with a bunch of them and i came across this and i was so i was very quickly enamored. And I think I watched them very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, these are, these are so good. Yeah. I and saw it, one of the videos had, um, I think the first episode has a million views. Does it? In seven years. Yeah. It came out seven well, years the ago. The first episode, I just looked at it and it was like, it was re-released like three years ago. Oh, wasn't well. Like the first one itself. I don't know. If cut that. <laughs> no, I, I was so one of them, at least we were watching. I saw it. So it was like seven years ago. 
one million yeah, views. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they've, they've he's gotten a lot of traction on yeah, it. So it's over yeah, time. I guess it's not the most obscure thing we've um, that we could be talking about. I guess sure, um, but I mean, YouTube even that, it's like considering seven years million. to only a million. <laughs> yeah. It's consistent. It gets consistent views. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, like following gay YouTube, and he was like connected to some of the like. It was kind of around the time that like young actors were watching little young actors doing things on YouTube and, you know, coming from when we were in college and all the musical theater people just watched other musical theater people on YouTube singing the same seven new musical theater songs. It was during the time when all of everyone, all us actor people were watching all of these videos and of other, of actors, other actors doing stuff and yeah. with aspirations of uh, <laughs> doing that ourselves, yeah, maybe, I don't or, know, maybe, or like jealousy or yeah, a little whatever, bit of all of it, like just like fascination at the like, because there's like, I mean, there's that hunger. There's like, what can I do? What can yeah. I, what? Well, I'm as good as that. Yes. Mm. A lot of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th so I I had just like he was around. They were around. Yeah. Like they they felt familiar. And right. like you said, uh, the one actress, the main actress in Stephanie or in Stephanie in Caleb Gallo, Stephanie Koenig, mm -hmm. um, however you pronounce her yeah, last Koenig, name, Koenig, Koenig, Koenig. Not sure. Um, like all of them have kind of like gotten little. Yeah. Arts and other things like she was in the flight attendant mm -hmm. and was an interesting side character. In yeah, it was the second season, right? Mm -hmm. first, oh, season. first season, first season. Yeah, um, gets thrown out the window. Spoiler. Sorry, I'm not talking yeah, about. It's all spoilers. We get an alert every at the beginning of every episode. That That's true. Spoilers. So. That's true, but they're getting spoilers for. Well, this thing, you know, you proceed with caution. Thing. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I want to, there's some things that I've been like talking about in my writing classes that I think are really interesting cool. here. <laughs> I, I'm curious about kind of the, who is it for mm -hmm. this okay. story? Um, especially considering like the style and like the, this point of view that it has, it's mostly through Caleb's eyes. Um, we do see some moments without him. Yes. Um, but it's like mostly emphasis is on, on his journey. Um, and I'm curious like who he's talking to and like who is like the person kind of telling the story and who's the person receiving it mm -hmm. as kind of like this imaginary conversation that would be happening between two people. Yeah. Do you have any, so what are your thoughts? Uh, I know that I found it really interesting to his relationship with that like straight friend seemed yeah. really familiar. How many people I've seen have kind of this weird relationship, a gay person with this straight person who just always kind of yanks them along a little bit. Yeah. You know, they they keep them at arm's length and they're always kind of like toying with the idea that maybe mm -hmm. they're interested. Maybe it's like, oh, well, if I was, you'd be the one. Um, and it just seemed so familiar that like the straight guy liking that attention. Yeah. It's like, know? it's like it took um, things in gay culture and made them very archetypal. Yeah. Um, 
like and, this this relationship between the I mean the first episode if we're talking about archetypes yeah. these like these these pieces of gay culture it's like they they straight <laughs> up have his his straight female best friend yep. um calls him and is like I need you to come over and mm. essentially be the gay best friend <laughs> to turn off this guy that's but here But I just slept with him and he needs to leave. So he can go. Yeah, you need to be the annoying gay friend. Yeah. And they literally just use that to their advantage. Yeah, they use these these tropes and it's so it's like it's it sets it up even like right at the beginning. Yeah. That they're not even like they're not taking it seriously. Right. And uh, there's an interesting thing there too because they use a lot of language that's really heightened. They talk about love, they celebrate, they they say things, but it's just kind of to fill the space. It's that on actor thing. So I have a theory about that. Oh, okay. Tell me. What is it? Oh. I can finish my thing in a minute. What's your theory? Well, okay. So because it's a mini series. Yeah. They, these people are used to, it feels like short form improv mm. mostly. Like mm -hmm. all of this feels like they understand this like short form improv and they're doing this mini series where it's a story in a short amount of time. I mean, it's like a full series, like it's yeah. full five episodes and they're like about 20 minutes each. Mm -hmm. So they're not like, short short episodes but like a lot happens quickly yeah and so they do that using specific tropes mm -hmm. specific you know devices yeah i guess um and i feel like one of the things that they were playing with is using this idea of the, you know, the, the young actor in LA as kind of a, the, as kind of an archetype, but, but, but the, um, the drive in them, it's not, I feel like to get away from having all of these complex, comp complicated or complex <laughs> um, feelings and relationships yeah. um, instead of being afraid to talk about them, which is like very common human thing to do. Yeah. There's not a fear about the, the talking about them. There, there are the, they're not afraid to speak. They're afraid to mean what they say. Yeah. They're not afraid to say things. They're afraid to mean those things. It's like a, a, um, sneaky kind of faux vulnerability. I'm so present and I'm so here and I'm so reactive, but that's different than vulnerable. Yeah. And I, they use this, like they allow things to be said and be said quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be, it's, you know, it's their comedy style. Yeah. It feels very improv. We're not waiting for a lot of, it's very word heavy. Yeah. Like they are talking, 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 whether or not the words themselves mean anything. Right. It's the actual relationship and the way that they're communicating that is, is doing something. And so a lot of the times they say things and either they straight up don't mean them or say them in a way where they can um they still 
they can say like, I didn't actually mean it because of the way I said it. Like they mm-hmm. say so many things and so many ridiculous things. There's this, there's this doubt yeah. that they can use later. Right. They can hide behind it. That's their, ma- instead of like yes. not saying it, being like, well, I never said that. It's like, right. It's like the ease with which I know that that connects to what I was talking about, that exactly. it's like that, um, that ease with which they talk about the way they love each other. So it just seems like it's, it's this, it is, um, you know, the, uh, five years down the line, married Caleb say, um, talking to someone who has that same kind of disingenuousness mm-hmm. or is hiding things, yeah. is hiding from the relationships and is like telling someone, get your relationships in order. Yeah. You know, be honest with them because you do love them. And don't just say it because you're like, oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. You know, don't be so casual with it because it right. actually does mean something. Um. Yeah, but it's funny because it also allows them to say things they really mean and not avoid it. Yeah, but they, but it's always with the question of like, wait, do you mean it? I'm not sure. So you get, they get to express these things but and they're- But even when ang- they know that they're, like when that's even, even when that's implied, there's still some back and forth where they're like, we know that you're saying it for real. Yeah. It's like, I'm joking about it. I'm saying it with a smile because yeah. it's a joke. And I was like, we know no, it's No, you're not freaking out. Yeah. But like, they're able to do it because they have, like, it's like a weird superpower that yeah. goes both ways. Uh-huh. That's really interesting. Yeah. So there's like a conflict there then with like that kind of mm-hmm. in genuine, at like vulnerability and disingenuousness and kind of like where to find the balance between right. kind of that casualness with your friends and joking and um because they can they sometimes they're very blunt yeah sometimes but but they have the ease of talking right where they're like i want to sleep with that person i like where they can like, oh i'm in love with him i'm kind of sort of in love with him yeah it's like just and it kind of is it's kind of true it's kind of true right so he talks like about that with like Benicio. He talks about that with Billy, his straight friend, where he's like, yeah, I'm kind of in love with both of them. But because it's become this casual speech, he's allowed to not fully commit to those feelings. Yeah. If I say everything on my mind, then it sucks the power mm-hmm. out of all yes. of it. And the if weight. I, if I take all of the meaning away from it, if it's all this kind of silly, fun, yeah. like, even even in that first, they really, that first scene is like a great setup mm-hmm. where in that conversation where she's asking him to like come and be the, the gay best friend, like he says like, oh, and then we'll do this thing. And she says something like, I love that. And he's like, did you mean that? She's like, no, I would have said that either way. <laughs> I would have said that no matter what she said. Uh, yeah. It's, it's brilliant. It's really interesting. That uh, actually, I think, sheds a little bit light on Benicio as a character. So the lover that now wants to have this, you know, exclusive long distance relationship and then ends up coming to visit. Yeah. Um, he is the only one that is genuine kind of the whole time. He's, he doesn't speak in that language that everybody else does. He's a departure no, from it. You're right. He does speak what's on his mind though. He does. Yeah. He does he it differently. He is not afraid to speak what's on his mind. He is not afraid to speak what's on his mind, but yes. he is 
100% earnest. And so it's interesting seeing Caleb coming from this one world of, you know, his actor friends where they're just kind of like joking and being all improv-y and then moving into his, his conversations with Benicio and kind of being as extreme and as dramatic. Yes. He's so melodramatic he about, oh my on. God, I love it. I love these. And he's like so dramatic with yeah. his language mm-hmm. that I wonder if even he, he gets lost. Yeah, He gets lost and he's like, I wait, so. do I mean it? Yeah, he doesn't know. He doesn't actually know. It's like this actory thing. And I, I do think there is like a commentary, like you were talking about, who is the audience? Who is yeah. this for? Like, it, it, it feels very much like a, an exploration of the culture and the people he's around. Yeah. And so like, he's saying like actors be, be careful not to get, you know, wh- at what point is it appropriate to, actually- right there? I don't know if there's something prescriptive, but it's like the problem being like, I don't know if I'm real. Right. I don't know if any of this is real. Well, I'm going to try to mentor you through this and to guide I don't know what the answer is, but here's a story I've got for you because it's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm. Yeah. I want to talk about some of the individual characters too. Yeah. Um, Because I think that's a, that's a really good frame through which to talk about the story because like the events of the story, I basically gave you what the story was in the synopsis, but there are interesting kind of side plots and characters that get introduced and I, I, I think they all work, but I'm not even sure why they do. Um, In like the 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 stories themselves. Yeah, or it's like um, we have. Uh, so we've got Lenjamin McButtons. Lenjamin McButtons. <laughs> That's yes. the best character name. That is name yeah. Lenjamin McButtons, Freckle, Freckle, Karen, Karen, Billy. Sister's name Tatiana. Oh, Tatiana. Yeah. Let's say Tatiana. She's kind of like a minor character that gets brought in. They're like episode four. Episode four. Yeah. Five. Of five. Yeah. Um, and she's Caleb's sister. Uh, they're both adopted. And it's like a very funny exchange. <laughs> she's so ridiculous. She's so silly. But I am. She was an actor and then like now is a shaman or something. Yes. Um, yes. But she got caught shoplifting. And yeah. So no one wants to hire her. Right. So it's like she's a shaman now. Right. Bringing up all these tropes. But what, why is she even in the story? Like beyond, well, she's obviously part of that group of friends. <laughs> a character with her. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like in each episode, they keep pulling in more of their relationships. It yeah. It's more. Because it is a relationship with Caleb, right? It becomes rounder. Yeah, yeah. It becomes more community. Yeah, because we start with just Caleb, Karen, mm-hmm. Billy, and then we see Benicio a little bit on uh, FaceTime calls. Yes. And Freckle. And Freckle. Um, but even Freckle was, Freckle was after a, Len. Yeah, Len's first, I Len's think. First. Len calls first and says he's bi. I, I've decided I'm going to be bi. Um, it's just, it's interesting. Like he's seeing like these relationships that he's like, kind of like matchmaking a little bit or yeah. how he's kind of like There's dealing some, like, with these. Yeah. Living vicariously through. And it's showing who he is to all these people. Yeah. So we've got Len calls and it says, you're, you know, he's the first person basically to know. Len trusts him. He's going to call him and going to hook him up with Freckle. Uh, uh, 
um, gender fluid uh, goddess um, <laughs> who, you know, because he wants to experiment with gender fluid people now. Yes. And it's so weird. Um, dip my toe into bisexuality. Dip my toe to bisexuality. Gender fluid people. That's so stupid. Because um, he heard that, you know, he read in Forbes magazine or something that bisexuals are more successful. Um, but the, it's like his, he plays this like mentor role sort of, or like a guide role mm -hmm. to Len, or he's like a older brother sort of. He's the kind of like Sherpa. He's the... Yeah. And then it's weird that in the end, Len's the one that kind yes, of like stops everything. And it's like, hey, we're all arguing. Stop. We all love each other. He's the one to do that. Yes. Um. Then we've got Freckle. Freckle. Uh -huh. who, <laughs> who feels like a more of a shaman than, than Tatiana, but, he, but she's like this kind of otherworldly outside of it all. Yes. Figure that we get to see kind of, I don't know if, if they're all just foils of each other. Kind of. Kind of. But it's clear that Caleb has a profound impact on all of these people's lives sure he sets up these dates that don't go well between billy and uh karen and freckle and len and then yeah he ends up hooking up with billy and that ruins kind of a hookup with karen that like billy's relationship there and it also ruins benicio and and this like web i think that's exactly why that there are so many different characters and why so many characters get woven in at different times. Cause yeah. even in the last episode, they throw in parents. this like, well, parents, but that's not even the, the, the love interest of Karen. Oh, who Karen's is like, new love interest. Just not new. No. Yeah. Right. Right. Just a long distance one that she's been having. Yeah. that We didn't know about till the last episode. And right. just like weirdly throws a wrench into it. But the point is like, I think it's to, you know, it's to show, one of the one of the things I think they're exploring is relationships, yeah. just generally how they can look in different ways and how like, I mean, that's one of Caleb's big problems is like, does he want a traditional relationship? Right. He says, you know, you know, I think he, who knows how serious he is. I guess right. is the point. But at you know, at one point, he sends Benicio a card that says something like, "I didn't think I wanted a." marriage and kids until I met you. Right. And I think it's kind of a surface level yeah. thing, but there's probably a truth to that. And there's uh, a question. The same, yeah. this, the same coin, like I, he doesn't, he says straight up, like, I don't believe in monogamy. Right. Like he, he refuse, he, he turns down um, the advance of the, the third of a thruple of yeah. his college advisors. <laughs> his college advisors. I, the silliest so so, minor so characters. Silly. But again, I, even that, it's like more complex relationships. These more non-traditional mm -hmm. relationships. Yeah. And this web that it's like, how many people do we touch? Yeah. You know? And it's like this. And how many of these relationships are actually real? Mm -hmm. And And how many that might be traditional aren't that right. real? Right. Can you love two people at the same time? Can you not understand your sexuality? And yeah. 
there's just like complicated things that they're exploring. And um, on top of that, like it's, it's because of those complicated relationships, they still have wove, woven together this, this community, this yeah. similarly to Fire Island. It's like the gay found family. Yeah. Yeah. It's the chosen, the chosen family, not right. the, like the, the parents are, I mean, Tatiana is there as is his sister, but yeah. that relationship's complicated too. Right. Right. They all know each other. They all know her and they're all part of it, but she's complains that he's never around. And so he's got that also, impact on her. They're very non-traditional and they're. The whole family is non-traditional. Yeah, right? They're both of them had been adopted. Like yeah, we said. They're both adopted. The parents are Republicans. They're. <laughs> And, and the, the dad is like, and I'm conservative, but the, the dad too is like, like all super into, um, meditation. Like he ends up like having oh, that conversation yeah. of his like, very short. Very, with, these are like, it's so weird. Like little this whole yeah. mini series. It, it happens so quickly that like, like this podcast is going to be longer than the whole thing. Yeah. It, it's crazy. It's really, it's like that. So much happens in that so micro, little uh, not even micro storytelling, but it's like how right, how few words can you use to make the thing happen? And, and it's just as robust. It, it reminds me very much of Adventure Time. We might have to do a full Adventure Time episode. I think we need to. Um, because it's, it's like that. You watch an episode of Adventure Time or an episode of Caleb Gallo and you're like, oh my God, a hundred years have gone by. Yeah. So much just happened and it doesn't, I don't feel gypped. I don't feel like we skipped anything. Well, and I think part of that, part of that is because they're just packing it with words. They're packing the short amount of time yeah. with words. And they're just like, even if they're not saying it sincerely or like, even if it's a sincere thing that they're saying, they're not saying it sincerely. They're still saying a lot of the things that are in their brain. Yeah. We don't have to in, infer a lot. They're just telling us. Right. And honestly, just like the brilliance of some of them, especially Stephanie, I think is a brilliant. So good. They're all her very good on screen. Acting, they're incredible. They're all so good on screen. You know, I'm, I'm not a, I never did any film acting stuff. Yeah. And it's a whole other. It's a different animal, animal. Come totally different. And it's interesting because I remember noting that when watching um, Flight Attendant and when watching even Will and Grace, it's like, oh, that's not actually their ideal. That's not their ideal uh, perspective. Like those shows that they were on. Those shows that they were on didn't highlight them, highlight them in the way, like they read really well on screen when they're like really close up mm -hmm. and in, the, in yes. these particular perspectives and then you don't get that, you know, Will and Grace is a studio audience sitcom. So you're not going to get that. So I think that's a part of the other piece of why I think it works is that they just utilize the style that really works for them. Yeah. It is the brand of comedy is very specific <laughs> to them. I think yeah. um, it's so funny. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. It's so quick. Um, and, it, you, they are so good at being very real mm -hmm. while saying a lot of things very quickly. Yeah. And within the confines of this ridiculous world. Yeah. They too. also use like cliches and tropes. Yeah. And, and I feel like they, that was like paying homage to 80s movies. There was this, a little this bit. underlying feel, like this whole montage where like, 
after this big blow up between I'm gonna go take a bath and <laughs> Caleb's like showering and doing his like hair flips yeah. and while they're uh they're like playing out. playing hungry eyes. Huh? <laughs> it's just like the eightiest of songs eyes. ever. Um uh that's there's interesting. A, there's a lot of different points where I'm like, oh, they're just like they're using some eighties. Even like the last scene, I feel like the way it like Yeah. The way the conflict breaks down and resolves feels very much the way 80s movies resolve. Yeah. Like and this, it feels very um, Breakfast Club. Breakfast like, Club. Like we, it, we, everyone breaks candles, down yeah. and then there's like this like inspirational speech that fixes everything. Yeah. And, and it's gets, interesting too because I, th I think in the past we've complained about the fixes everything concept. But what I'm saying is like they're using this trope yeah. that worked in these things and using the 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 style of that thing to like get us there. Right. They don't need to do as much work because they're saying you know how it you works. You know here. this trope, you can follow you us. You know what you yeah. understand when we play this music and we have this inspirational thing and like we're throwing Benicio in this like very 80s looking wedding dress. Yeah. Um and it just like, I feel like they're giving us shortcuts. Yeah. We know how those stories go so we can follow it um, with minimal work. I think it's in minimal time. In minimal too. time. And uh, that's the the beauty of style and working with, within people's expectations. Yes. yes. Um, the, it brought up too when we were talking about like love, I love you. And like there are, it's almost like, um, we were noting it because he was saying it a lot. And at, at these points yes. in time, it almost like a shorthand about like something's happening here. Yes. They something's used, happening here. I think they used language, especially the phrase, I love you. I love you. Or I'm in love with him. It was like really, mar uh, I was marking it every time that it's like this, this connect it's the like dots. Punctuation. It's yeah. punctuation in the scene that was like, you should pay attention here. You should pay attention here. Every single time he says it, I was like, Oh, what did that mean? What did that mean? What is he real? What is, what's happening here? I mean, and what a great one to do because that is already, there's already a question of meaning around that phrase. Yeah. It's established from the beginning. I don't know if it was real. I, mean, I don't know if it's real this, life. I mean, it's just too. like in just yeah. how we, no one actually knows what love means. What right. the, like people have their definitions, but it's not, it is not tangible. Right. Well, and we, we talked about this with, with about Carmen, Carmen where it's yeah. like in French, it's like, there's several ways to say it. Um, and in English, it's just like, you just say, I love you. And you can mean like a lot of things. Love yes. is means a lot of stuff. We only have one way to say it and we can, could be, you know, love right. of friend, love of lover, love of, right. You know, general, um, yeah, they're with, interesting. even with as improv-y as it feels, yeah. um, it still uses language in a, in an intelligent way. Yeah. It is it, in a strategic way. Yeah. It's good. Which I thought was really, really interesting. Like things that I, I, I picked up that I'm like, oh, you guys are, it's not just silly. Yeah. It's planned and it's not just like you know, here's a general idea, go, there's, there's really purpose and meaning. Right. Interesting. So is there I, anything that doesn't work? I was going to just about to say that. Um, 
I don't I don't know if there is. I mean, for in my... us, certainly. Okay, here, but we are also, again, I I had I wonder. I yeah. just it's 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 a question of mine. If I wasn't so uh, interested in that brand of comedy at the yeah. time when I um, came upon it, if I you know wasn't a gay man myself that right. that have experienced some of these complicated relationships right. and understand what the jokes that they're saying and the things that they're making fun of, um, if the actual story would be communicated the same way or if it were right. um, Again, it, it and using like the eighties movies as this shortcuts. It's a lot of shortcuts. That's, yeah, they do. I think rely on um you to have a base of a lot of these things, mm. and that yeah. might not be true because there are moments that I think are just universally. I mean, they just use comedy too, and that usually. Yeah, people into. well, that might be, so I might, you know, that, that might be totally off. Base. The brand of comedy also just might be off-putting. Like, people just might not get it. Like, I'm imagining that's true, that's true. maybe a good exercise is, well, what would my dad think <laughs> if he watched it? I don't know. You know? Would he find it funny? He'd understand the story, but would it be as impactful? Or well, do you need to kind of already, is it generational too? Is it like you kind of need to have that base, like you said? You kind of need to... But is that a problem? Is that... You no, not necessarily. That. That's all but that's that's I guess my that's I guess that's a counter to you say, you know, there's oh, like sure. the, I'm just, the uh the its weakness is the fact that if you don't have uh, you know, a cultural primer on this, you're not gonna get it. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even not gonna get it, but am I it's like the D and D movie. Like yeah. without the primer of Dungeons and Dragons, will you still enjoy it? Yes. I still believe yeah. so. Yeah. Um, and looking at Caleb Gallo, I think so. I'm less um, sure about it. Yeah, um, I mean, it might just be off-putting because of the content matter. Like, it's well, like that's, that's always good, but that's not even what I that's, mean. Like, yeah. That's always going to be something that's going to get in the way. Right. But, like, if you're not connecting to it, yeah. is Does it, it going to be impactful? Um, I don't know. Um, or if is it just going to be... If you're enter, can it be entertaining even if you're not off put by it? Yeah, like, and I, like I, I believe that the comedy is. I think, I it's, think funny. it's very funny. There's, just, there's yeah. parts that I think are just kind of universally funny, but I do too. I but there's like it's just a question. There's, I imagine my dad watching it, and I think, um, he might say, "I nothing happened." Like this wasn't about anything, you know? Um, and maybe that's like speaks to that connection sure. piece where it's like, well, if you don't actually connect to it, it just looks like it's nonsense. Right. Right. Yeah. If you're not connecting to it, you don't people see saying like weird things the all massive the massive things that happen in small everyday changes. Right. Unless you like connect to the material, you're not going to yeah. really see that. Yeah. Cause it isn't really like big stuff. I mean, it is kind of, but it's some just, of, a, some yeah, of, some it's, of it's big, but it's just like, and that would be the things that you could latch onto and be like, yeah. what, well, why, why do they do that? You know? Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like when you're not of a mind of that kind of, I just don't know if this converse, everyone would have this conversation about it, you know? Yes. Sure. If they would have, you know, it's like if we 
I don't know, brought someone else in. They would be like, I don't know. I didn't even see all that. <laughs> of course. I mean, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I hold that there's not, not a whole lot to complain about in it. Yeah. It's pretty, I mean, part of it is it's short. It's brief. It's really concise. It doesn't, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's always a strength. And it feels complete. It doesn't feel like they gypped me. No. It feels like a good, strong arc of things. Yeah. I mean, I could see, again, where there's elements of camp and there's just like moments that I think would that give people permission to be like, that's just not real or that's just like, yeah. you know, it does. But like, I don't, I don't really see that as a flaw. Yeah. If it's used well, even if other people don't understand it. Right. Um, if it felt com like truly um, unapproachable, yeah, then maybe I'd feel that way. But I think the comedy is there that it is approachable. Yeah. I think so. Would we call this a love story? Sure. I mean, it, it maybe feels like what, I don't know if bros was trying to do this, but like, yeah. it's, it's doing a thing where it feels like this is what, a love story looks like when it's not one boy, one girl monogamy. Right. It's like the, all of the complications of another love story happen and they get kind of like blown up and are more. Yeah. It feels almost extreme, like a, but I, I do think it is. It feels almost like a, a marriage love story. love story. Like that category of love story where it's like the people are already married and they have to go through a, Trial. A trial in their marriage. They're not technically married, but they were kind of already together. They were already met. They're they're now doing, they're navigating the relationship that they've already established. It's kind of, it feels I like it has, that. it feels like it has more features of that than like a fresh love story. Yeah. I don't know. It, uh, it feels more to me like a, um, this is someone who is, is almost anti-love mm -hmm. and it's just taking that trope, the person that's like anti-love, anti-relationship, and instead of having them find this person that's perfect and like resolves it that way, yeah. it, it tries to take it and rewrite that story. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. It's like, it's, it feels more like it's saying it's okay. If not. Yeah. This thing. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. So I, I always find it interesting when there's like what I, I'm not sure that the love story itself is actually kind of like the, the primary story. Yeah, it's kind of it's, like a secondary thing. It's it like it's definitely like a, like but a, they and almost like a coming of age. Uh, like yeah, a there's like a, yeah, there's a worldview. You know, it's not dependent. flowering. There's just elements of love story that are used as kind of like a secondary underlying. 
sure you know thing that's happening that's like a little bit less it's important yeah. obviously but it's just like we don't actually need every part of it right yeah and again i wonder if that's like we're taking a love story and yeah. instead of having it kind of resolve in in the in the same way that you know the love story genre would usually do right can we blow that up in a in a situation where monogamy is not the only ethical choice right can we can we have this like well the love i mean because the whole the resolution is like we love each other is the right. resolution yeah it does end in a wedding but it's it like but actually the end is after the wedding, right? The end is like, hey, yeah. it kind of like the rest of is. Because there's a big, there's the big blow up actually right after the wedding. Right. The rest is, what's the, what's the phrase? The rest is change. The rest is, <laughs> it's like everything else doesn't matter. It's like, it's all, oh, oh, oh. Um, you know, it's like we love each other and it's like kind of like whatever happens, whatever we encounter from here. Right whether you are monogamous or not monogamous or whatever, and it's like, we love it, each other. That's really what's important here. And it here. kind of blows it up beyond romantic love. Yeah. It yeah. says, can, I, I, I think it asks the question, can a, can a love story include the non-romantic love that's in this person's life? Yeah. I think that's really nice too. <laughs> I do too. And I really what, like them. I like it by the end of the thing. I'm just like, I just like them all so much. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so resistant to saying it's not a love story Yeah, because I want it to be able to be a love story. I yeah. want that to qualify. Yeah. I like buddy, know, buddy love almost, but there's more. It's even more than that. It's, it is like a, it's not just buddy. Love. Right. It, it, it it's says, every every form of love you could think of. I mean, it does. It like brings you close to that, like, because even Len says something like, "I'm not into this like spiritual stuff." Yeah, like, I'm not saying this in a spiritual way. I'm saying yeah. we literally love each other. Right. Yeah. Not being a hippie. I'm not being a hippie. I'm actually That's saying a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That it means something concrete right here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not it's tangible. And that, you know, that is kind of, it tends to be ignored in the, 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 the typical love story, but people don't live in a bubble with just their romantic partner. Right. That's not really what love stories are. Mm-hmm. Love story, even marriages are about community too right yeah so, I, don't know. I thought it was well done i love it i love shall it. we I do our superlatives great. let's do it superlatives superlatives oscar moment oscar moment Ooh. um i think the um the editing is excellent i think that really okay. does it it keeps the pace um yeah and it clips i mean it just really moves along and it's key to them looking good sounding good they really someone did a great job on that yeah it was great yeah it does it moves it like really really professional looking along. yeah yeah it's great it does look very professional yeah i don't know i don't know how they produced it or either, yeah. why they like if they just if it's like literally it's a like just like an eye movie <laughs> who knows it <laughs> looks no amazing it does it looks really good Cool. Um, 
I would say, I want to say um, the, the moments of improv, there's a couple of them. This is so, so minor, but like it, the moments of improv, because it's so quick that allow you to see the way people really talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it's really highlighted when there's a couple scenes, one where he's like, just, he's like supposed to meet with like somebody else in his school project thing it's like a very very short scene too (laughs) so weird but he like says something and messes it up and then makes fun of himself for messing it up yeah something crap crap. oh Um, oh my gosh it's so stupid yeah but he like he says something and messes it up and but he like keeps going with it and he's like oh my gosh i just said i'm trying to say i'm trying to get a taxi cab and i keep saying taxi crap and like can you imagine a little crustacean yeah it's just like allows you you just can't really write some of those things yeah. in and have them feel that genuine right um there's another moment where he's like the he's like maybe gonna hook up with the <laughs> thruple guy <laughs> the handsome bear and i don't remember what he says but he like stumbles on his words too yeah but instead of like you know cutting that and taking some other take we see this like very real awkward moment that we just get to live with the awkwardness of how it just doesn't come out right. And yeah. And it's not like resolved. It doesn't. Right. It's like really good writing without having to write it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if that would be easy to write or act from that writing. That would be impossible. Yeah. Well, we've talked about that so many times where it's like real people don't do that thing when you see that crazy thing. And then, you suddenly you see, see people it do it in life. real life and you're like, oh my God, that happens all the time. That does happen. You know, like, uh, but when an actor tries to do it, it just looks or double takes so and <laughs> Yeah, double takes. Like really classic like comedy things. Like, well, that's not real. That's just like a trope. It's like, no. And then no, you see it actually it. happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think the way they use improv yeah. and the way they use language, but especially like those moments that I'm like, ah, I see, I don't know. I thought those were, those were nice. Yeah. What about an unearned, unearned moment? moment. Yeah, I know they're tricky. I mean, we just said. Yeah. It wasn't. It's I hard think because they, I think they do justify. Just about everything. I think maybe, maybe if I were to say anything, it's um, Freckle is uh, officiating their wedding and she does her lip sync for just a little bit too long. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. I could, I think I could probably do with less of it, but otherwise. Yeah. I think my, my one thing is when the, cause it made me question, um, the, the tone or the, the, what we're actually looking at when, um, his parents are at the wedding mm-hmm. and the mom is very similar in comedic style in the way she was talking. Yeah. And she's kind of out of the world. Right. Of course, like connected to him. So maybe there's, maybe it's just like part of his world, part of like the way he sees it. But it made me question, oh, are all of his friends these kooky weirdos? Or is this his weird lens of seeing the world? Right. 
Benicio is the only real thing in the world and everybody else is kooky. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and yeah, I'm not sure because like I, I certainly think there is, there's commentary about this actor LA gay culture. There's like, I think there's like definitely some making fun of and some commentary and some, playful ribbing at this culture that he's surrounded with like it's it's like about that but but that moment where i'm like but they're not that yeah and maybe i like over <laughs> i'm overthinking i'm sure i am but that that was a moment that i'm like wait is that now what is this what is that is that just a joke yeah now is that just a joke it, that's that's how that moment felt right yeah. I was like, why is that character like that exactly? I'm not sure. Yeah. And it might, you know, that's literally a tiny little. Yeah, I know. It's so nitpicky. Nothing, <laughs> Both of those are really nitpicky because it's like, again, the episodes are so short. It's like having Freckles sing too long is like, she sang for three seconds too long. Um, you know, so small. Um, yeah. And I think it's great. Let's do one more. Let's, uh. Uh, we have to talk What's about freckle. Was the best freckle moment? Yeah, best let's do it. Freckle moment. I mean, oh my god, there's there, so many good ones. It's, I, uh, I think, I mean, what are you gonna pick? I, I literally don't know. Um, we already mentioned. Uh, uh, so there's a scene in the car. Gosh, she tells this whole story about her night previous. And it's just it's like silly, that and she's recounting, and this, and these like interjections in their conversation. They're like in an Uber going to the airport to pick up Benicio, and this the interjections when it's like you're seeing it at, as she's telling the story. It's being acted out, and then you have them like have the conversation when they kind of come out of the conversation. And it's just the silliest, silliest thing. Um, hopefully, we can uh, drop some of it here, um, but. Uh, I, it's just so good. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so good. Um, um, you're a pizza. You're a pizza. I'm a pizza. Yes. Freckle is at an audition uh, and is, I don't know, drunk? Maybe? Yes. Well, I don't know. Drunk is it drunk? On? She's drunk on and on something. I'm not sure. Uh, she's taken every single drug there is. Um, and that's what uh, she says. Yes. And. She like has a wig to be the redheaded mom. It's so crazy. Um, so silly. But then uh, as she's like getting up, she's like, I'm like, it's time for her to audition. She says, I'm a star. And Caleb says, you're a, you're a pizza. And then she just repeats it. She just keeps repeating the things that Caleb says. It's so silly. And it's like such a, another actory thing where it's like, you're a star. I'm a star. It's like those affirmations, but the last affirmation is that she's a pizza. It's pizza. just so silly. It's so silly. Um, I think mine is when they're in the hot springs <laughs> and they they take Benicio. When Benicio gets there off the plane, they go right to the hot springs and, you know, they're in this monogamous relationship and there's a guy in the hot tub um, that starts to kind of hit on everyone. Yeah. And um, Caleb's like, oh yeah, Freckle's a masterpiece. And this guy's like, no, you're a masterpiece. And they're like, then they're flirting and it's getting real tense with Benicio because it's clear that Caleb is showing that he's interested right. in this 
person outside of the relationship and Benicio is like getting really offended because Caleb already agreed to be monogamous. Right. And Freckle just goes, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm <laughs> leaving. So it's not, good. She's not like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Like maybe I should go. Do you guys need some space? It's like the attention's off of me yeah, it's right now. So funny. Oh my God. There's it's so good. It's perfect. It's just so Freckle good. is the best. Freckles. Freckles the best. Ugh. There's so many good moments. I mean, everybody shines in it. It's like really, it's really impressive. I like it a lot. It's really, yeah. There's a, so go there's, check that out. It's for free. It's on YouTube and it's short. Do it. Also, shout out to Stephanie Kenick's faces. Oh my gosh. She goes through like 17 emotions it's in just like one so face. so good. And she can hold like... There's like that moment when she finds out that Billy and Caleb hooked up. Her reaction is, I'm like, did Stephanie that know? Might be like, <laughs> did Stephanie know that that was part of the story? I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it's like a genuine surprise and it actually happened and it's ooh, crazy. It me, like, I think, okay, I want, that's a great, I know we're wrapping up, but <laughs> one of the points I was going to make is that that use of language, that use of this insincere yeah. language, when we get to these moments where we see the reality just like shoving its way through, yeah. it, it's like when it can't be hidden under like the mask of yeah. like, like you see her really unravel. Ooh, it and is it's so, I think that scene, because like actually, um, Billy, that actor, he does a similar thing where yeah. like he's very like, masked most of the time yeah. and seeing the real emotions just like again like feel like they're crawling through it yeah. is really effective I think. it is it's really it's like oh my gosh it just got real things got real just now Crazy. yeah pretty great highly recommended yes thank you all so much for watching this has been then a moment i'm pavi prochko and remember i'm a pizza and i am colin funk and remember, sometimes things that are expensive are worse. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> so stupid. Thanks for listening to this episode of Then a Moment, a Pavitas production project, hosted by Colin Funk and Pavi Prochko. This podcast is produced by Chicago Podcast Studio. Our opening cartoon was created by Gloriu, and our theme song was composed by me, Pavi Prochko. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite listening platform. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Then a Moment Pod, all one word, for updates on new episodes and behind-the-scenes content. If you have any feedback, comments, concerns, or kudos, you can email us at thenamomentpod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us wherever you can. It would help us out a bunch. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.